Part One of Book Forty Three of Orlando Furioso. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Thomas Copeland. Orlando Furioso by Ludovico Ariosto. Translated by Sir John Harrington. Book Forty Three, Part One. The Argument. Rinaldo hears two tales to like effect. Tun of a bargeman, t'other of a knight both proving that rewards will soon infect the minds of chastest dames and make them light to lipidus he doth his course direct but first orlando finished at his fight that hermit that rogero did baptize healed oliver and sobrin in likewise o cursed o greedy o unsatiable desire of gain i do not marvel sure if thou the base and filthy minds art able to cause to stoop unto thy karen lure sith oft we see some persons honourable can scarce thy weak and base assaults endure who if they could thy foul enticements shun no doubt but they great glory should have won some men can measure earth and sea and sky and tell the change and cause of every season and wade so far with wit or mount so high they search both heaven and hell with depth of reason but when thou comest in place then by and by thou puts their dainty taste so out of season they place their whole delight their hope their health in only scraping and in heaping wealth another man in wars hath great renown and gets the conquest in each bloody strife and wins this fortress and that walled town opposing his stout breast to perils rife thou only conquerest him and thrusts him down and keepest him thy prisoner all his life some men excelling in each art and study thou dost obscure with base desires and muddy what should I speak of dames of worth not small, That, having lovers, men of great desarts, Oppose their honours as a brazen wall Against their suits with unrelenting hearts? But come some miser, base, deformed squall, That save his riches hath no worthy parts, They break the wall and make therein a gap, To take the shower that fell in Danny's lap. Nor without cause hereof complain do I, Take me that can, for I do rightly take it, nor from my matter do I swarve awry, or by a vain digression do forsake it. Yet to my former speech I not apply, but tending to a future tale I spake it. Now let me tell you of Rinaldo first, that with one draught would swage his double thirst. But whether that his courage did him fail, or that on more advice he changed mind, he thought and said, What should it one avail to seek a thing he would be loath to find? My wife a woman is, their sex is frail. I yet am to believe the best inclined. I know I cannot better my belief, and if I change it, it will be my grief. What good may come by such a straight espial into my senses surely cannot sink. Much hurt may come, there can be no denial. Let nothing sever those whom God doth link. Wherefore, to make so unaccustomed trial were sin, and tempting God, as I do think. Then drink this cup, quoth he, that list, not I. I am not, nor I mind not to be dry. 
God would such skill from mortal men be hid, and even as Adam wrought his overthrow by tasting fruit that God did him forbid, so he that curiously will search to know all that his wife hath said or what she did, may fortune at the last himself beshrow, and shall confound himself. This think I verily, and live in sorrow that did erst live merrily. Thus much said good Rinaldo, and withal he thrust away that hateful cup of wine, and then he saw of tears a stream not small flow from the master of that house his eyn, which passed, he said, Now foul may them befall that first procured this misery of mine, to prove, which I shall sorrow all my life, that which bereft me of my dearest wife. Why was not I, said he, with you acquainted ten years ere this to take advice so sound, before my heart was thus with sorrow tainted, of which no ease can now nor end be found? But that you may, as in a table painted, behold my griefs, I will to you expound what caused this mine uncomparable woe, and then you sure will pity me, I know. Not far from hence, you left a little town about the which there runs a pretty lake that falls into this stream of great renown, but from Banaco first his head doth take, erected when those walls were beaten down, that erst a Genor's dragon there did make. There was I born of house and stock not base, though of mean wealth inferior to my race. But though to me dame fortune was but spare, that by my birth small wealth to me there grew, yet nature did with bounty great and care supply that want by fair and comely hue. My seemly personage, my beauty rare, to me the liking of full many drew. My qualities thereto were quaint and jolly, although I know to praise oneself is folly. Within this town a great rich man did tarry, well learned and wise, and old beyond all credit, for ere he died, he on his back did carry full six-score years and eight, at least he said it. An hundred years he lived solitary, but after that, you know what humour bred it, he loved a dame, and with his wealth so wrought her, that at the last he gat of her a daughter. And lest the daughter should prove like the mother to sell her chastity for a filthy pelf, which whosoever sells it quite undoth her, although she thinks she doth enrich herself. Therefore he bred her far from sight of other, and by the help of many a hellish elf, which by his skill in magic he could master, he built this house of touch and alablaster. He caused chaste old women her to nourish, in this same house in which she grew so fair, and in those years when youth doth chiefly flourish, he let not any thither to repair that were in looks or speech or manners whorish, but contrary, he caused in marble fair, or else on tables, to be drawn and carved all such whose chastities had praise deserved nor only such as have in ancient times been patterns true of manners chaste and pure, and have opposed against all fleshly crimes most chaste and virtuous thoughts, a buckler sure, by which their name to such high honour climbs as their great praise shall evermore endure, but such as shall excel in times to come, of which those eight that erst you saw be some, now when this aged sire had with his skill procured his daughter be thus choicely bred, it was my hap, shall I say good or ill, 
that I was deemed most worthy her to wed, and that old man bear her so great good will, he gave to me this house thus furnished with needful things within it and without it, and all the lands in twenty mile about it. But her own shape so pleased my heart and eyne, that for the rest I did but little care. For needleworks and for embroideries fine, I think her skill with palace may compare. To hear her play or sing, a thing divine it was, her stroke so sweet, her voice so rare. In other sciences, her skill was such as was her father's, or almost as much. Great was her wit, no less than wit her favor, as might in senseless stones affection move. To this she had a sweet and kind behavior, as more than all the rest engendered love. It seemed her sole delight was in my favor. Out of my sight she was most loath to move. So livid I, and still had livid so, but that myself did work myself this woe. For when her father finished at his life, full five years after I had got his daughter, then grew the causes of this woeful strife that under sorrow turneth all my laughter. For when I doted most upon my wife, and of the world the chiefest jewel thought her, a dame of noble birth, a person seemly, did have to fall in love with me extremely. This dame, for passing skill in magic art, was comparable to the best magician. But yet, for all her skill, my constant heart she could not move, nor turn on no condition. To cure her malady or ease her smart, I still refused to be her physician, because the medicine that of me she sought as injury unto my wife, I thought. Yet was her beauty much, I must confess, and great her offers she to me did make. Beside, the love she did to me profess would move a man some care of her to take. But my wife's love did me so firm possess, I all rejected only for her sake. And that which most to her my liking drew was that I found her still so kind and true. The good opinion and the strong surmise I had of my wife's chastity and truth would without doubt have made me to despise the dame whose beauty bred to Troy such ruth, and all the wealth, though laid before mine eyes, that Juno offered to the Trojan youth. Yet my refusal and her oft repulses, no part of her great love from her expulses, Melissa, so was this enchantress name, perceiving still in vain to me she sued, once finding me at leisure, to me came, and in most cunning sort her suit renewed, and secretly she kindled jealous flame within my breast, which oft I since have rued. She saith I do but well so true to be unto my wife, if she were so to me. But how know you, saith she, your wife is true, that of her faith as yet no proof have made? You never let her go scant from your view, when none can come to vice her to persuade, when none can see her, none to her can sue. Tis easy to resist where none invade. To praise her truth untried is too much haste. Your care, and not her virtue, keeps her chaste. But get you but from home some little while, that men to sue to her might take occasion, and, thinking you are absent many a mile, with letters and with gifts to make invasion, and then, if you shall find in her no guile, if she yield not to gifts and to persuasion, so she have hoped to do it unespied, 
Then think your wife is chaste when that is tried. With these and such like words the enchantress sly did make me do that that hath me undone. By name, to give consent my wife to try, if so she could by such assaults be won. But how shall I be well assured, said I, to know at my return what she hath done, and whether she with these so great assays have at my hands deserved blame or praise? Forsooth, saith she, I will on you bestow a drinking bowl, not much unlike that cup with which Morgana made her brother know Ginevra's fraud when he thereon did sup. Who drinks hereof his wife's truth plain shall know. If she be chaste, he drinks the liquor up. But if a cuckold to carouse doth think, he sheddeth in his bosom all the drink. Now, ere you go, the cup I wish you taste, and you shall drink, perhaps, and shall not spill, because as yet I think your wife is chaste, as never being tempted unto ill. But try again, when as a month is past, and you shall see I trow a pretty skill, for then I grant that if you drink it cleanly, above all men you blessed are not meanly. I took her offer, and I took the say of that same cursed cup with sweet success. I find my wife unspotted to that day, as I myself was sure, and she did guess. Now straight, quoth she, to part from hence away for one or two months' space yourself address. Then try at your return how you have sped, if you drink clean, or if the drink you shed. But now this parting such a penance seemed, as I indeed could by no means endure. Not that of my dear wife I ought misdeemed, for her, of all the rest, I thought cocksure, but that her company I so esteemed. Well, then, Melissa saith, I will procure, if you will do but what I shall you teach, that you shall change your clothes, your shape, and speech, and so you shall yourself to her present, and make yourself a plain and perfect proof. I foolishly to this device assent, and so it hap that hence not far aloof a knight of large revenue and of rent dwelt at jabana fit for this behoof his personage was brave his purse well lined his years young to venus all inclined that gallant youth had one day been a hawking his hawk by hap into my garden flew he coming thither found my wife a walking and much he liked her at the very view but when he had a while with her been talking to burning love his warm affection grew that after that full many ways he proved her if his request to grant he could have moved her but having still such short and sharp repulses he means no more in that fond suit to wade but from his thought her shape he not expulses that first to give the bold attempt him made so well melissa knew to touch my pulses to take his form she doth me soon persuade. I straight was changed, I know not how nor where, in face, in clothes, in speech, in eyes, in hair. Now, having to my wife a tale devised, as though to thee I then my journey took, and being like this youth so strange disguised, in gait, in voice, apparel, and in look, I came as she Melissa me advised, and she did like my page or lackey look. Upon her arm she bears a little flasket, in which of jewels rich she had a casket. I, that well knew each room, came in securely into the house, my page and I together, there where my lady sat alone demurely, for neither groom as then nor maid was with her. Then I expound my suit, 
and that more surely she might believe my words, I needs would give her pearls, rubies, diamonds of passing price, the wicked baits to draw good minds to vice. I bade she should esteem this gift but small, to that she might of me in time expect. I said her husband's absence fit did fall, and wisdom bids occasions not neglect. I prayed her, weigh my constant love with all, which long had lasted, though without effect, and last I swear I had some grace deserved, that had so long, that had so truly served. At first she blushed, and looked with lowering cheer, and would not hearken, but did still retire. But Dorian pearls and stones that shone so clear did mollify her heart to my desire she softly saith but so as i might hear that for the thing which i so oft require she grant it would and would on me bestow it so she were sure that none beside might know it this answer was to me a poisoned dart to strike my soul in desperate disease and straight my heart my head and every part i felt a frozen jealousy to seize and presently melissa by her art restored my shape as she could do with ease how looked my wife, think you, when by my trapping she found herself thus foully taken napping? We both to look like ashes, pale and wan. We both stood dumb. We both cast down our eye. Scarce able was my voice, do what I can, to serve my turn while I did think to cry. Then wouldst thou, wife, unto another man mine honour sell, if he the same could buy? She held her peace, and answer made me none, but only wept and made a piteous moan. The shame was much, but much more the disdain, that of my foolish usage tain she hath. Within due bond she could not it contain, but that it break to spite, to hate, to wrath. Resolved with me no longer to remain, when Phoebus' chariot trod his western path, that evening, in a small barge of her own, downstream she swimmeth, as if she had flown. Betimes next day she doth unto that knight herself present that her before had loved, in whose disguised shape I her last night both gainst mine own and gainst her honour proved. You well may judge it was a welcome sight to him that long before such suit had moved. From thence she sends to me this message plain, that she would never come at me again. Ah, woe was me! For from that hour to this she bides with him, Where me they lout and scorn, And I that could not see my sugared bliss Now by foregoing it am quite forlorn. Nor can I say but just my penance is, Which still grows more and will till I be worn, And sure one year of life had quite bereft me, Save for one only comfort that was left me. This only comfort brought me some relief, that for the space of ten years all my guests, though many of their wives had great belief, yet still they shed the drink upon their breasts. To find so many partners in my grief assuageth much the pain that me molests. Your only self hath been the only stranger that hath refused a draught of so great danger. My overmuch desire to sift my wife in so precise and in so straight a sort doth cause that now I shall not all my life live one good hour, endure it long or short. Glad was Melissa that procured this strife, but soon I turned and marred all her sport, for finding she was of my harm procurer, I hated her and could no more endure her. But she that finds herself disdained merely, 
where she had hoped to have found reward, and me whom she professed to love so dearly, her love and kindness nothing to regard, the grief hereof did touch her mind so nearly, to leave this country she forthwith prepared, and ever since far hence she is abiding, whereas of her we hear no news nor tidings. Thus told the woeful knight in doleful wise this rueful tale unto his noble guest, who with compassion moved thus replies, Melissa's counsel certes was not best, that did without discretion you advise to anger wasps, or so to stir their nest, and you yourself did greatly overshoot you to seek a thing whose finding would not boot you. What marvel is it if your wife were one with gifts, and were to lightness soon allured? Is she the first, think you, that so hath done? No, not the fifteth, be you well assured. Yea, mine's full sound have wanted power to shun such baits, and have not such assaults endured. Have you not heard of men that have forgold their masters and their friends most dearest sold? You should not with a dart so fierce assail, If her defend herself to see you sought. What, know you not stone walls cannot avail, Nor steel, if gold be to the battery brought? Now sure, yourself of duty more did fail In tempting her than she in being caught. Perhaps if she had tempted you so sore, Your folly would have been as much or more. Thus spake Rinaldo. And withal he rose, and prayed he might betake him to his rest. He minds a while himself there to repose, and after to depart he doth request. Small time he hath, and that he would dispose with great regard, for so he thinks it best. The gentle knight doth tell him when it please him he may within his chamber rest and ease him. But if you will unto my counsel hark, and that you have, as you pretend, such haste, I will appoint for you a little bark that shall with oars convey you safe and fast. There may you sleep, the while you find it dark, and when your stomach serves you, take repast. Thus may you, down the stream in safety sliding, win one whole night, and save a whole day's riding. Rinaldo this good offer doth accept, and gave him hearty thanks, then took his barge. He found his host with him had promise kept and makes of needful things provision large. No sooner was he settled, but he slept. But yet before he gave the steerman charge, if that to sleep too long it did befall him, when he came near Ferrara, then to call him. Now did the knight of France in quiet sleep, and passed by divers towns of count the whiles. And still the barge a pace most swift doth keep, upon that hand where Poe makes divers isles. And now the rosy color gan to creep to the eastern sky, when, having passed some miles, Bandano, then the steersman, waked Rinaldo, when they discovered both rocks of Tialdo. Whereon, when, as the night his eye had fixed, he saith, O happy place that I behold, of which, by view of wandering stars and fixed, my cousin Maligidius oft foretold how that by heavenly doom it was prefixed on thee to lay such blessings manifold as that thy glory to such height should rise of Italy to hold the chiefest prize. Thus good Rinaldo spake the while his boat down that same stream did swim, or rather fly, and when the night came nearer he did note the place that seemed then all waste to lie, and with a moorish water all on float. 
yet did he much rejoice thereof for why he knew that that same town in future time ordained was to great renown to climb his cullen maligage and he while heir had passed that way what time his cousin told that when the ram had ta'en the golden sphere that forth is placed in height seven hundred fold then should there be the bravest island there that ever sea or stream or lake did hold so well replenished that none should dare with this now Sicca's island to compare and that it should for building fair disgrace tiberius isle that capri they do call and that the sparity should give it place for passing fruits and sundry sorts withal beside more store of beasts for use or chase than circe's erst did keep in field or stall that venus with her son and all the graces should choose this seat and leave all other places and that a certain prince should this fulfil so provident so stout so wise so staid as having power united to his will should with strong rampires fence the town he said that foes should have no force to work her ill nor she should never need of foreign aid and that the man by whom this must be done should be both Hercules' sire and Hercules' son. Thus while the knight of France with great delight did call to mind what should another day upon that happy city there alight, his watermen did give so lusty way that of the place he soon had left the sight, and keeping on the right hand all the way, they went beyond St. George's in an hour, and passed by Grabanus' ditch and tower, and now Rinaldo, as doth oft befall, that one conceit another out doth drive, began the night to memory to call that last did him kind entertainment give, that had just caused this city more than all to hate, and should have still while he did live. The cursed cup he further called to mind, In which men may their spouses falsehood find. And last of his host's later speech he thought, Concerning that same cup and how they sped, I mean his guests that that same trial sought, Into their bosoms still the liquor shed. Now he doth half repent he missed the draught, Yet he was glad thereof, for why he said, Had it fallen well, what had I got thereby? If not, in what a case had then been I? I now believe so well as, having triad with good success, believe I better should not, so that I might have well been damnified, but by my trial mend my state I could not. But what grief had it been, if I had spied by my most dear Clarisse, that I would not. Much may they lease, but gains get small or none, that will in play a thousand lay to one. These latter words, so loud and plain he spake, though to himself, that he that steered the boat, who to his speech and gestures heed did take, the words and meaning of his words did note. Wherefore, a further cause of speech to make, as one that, though he wear a liveried coat, yet was well spoken, and of good bold sprite, he straight doth fall to reason with the knight. In fine, the sum of all their argument was that his wit was much to be controlled, that sought to make too great experiment of women's truths more than their force can hold. For she that can with chaste and firm intent maintain her truth against assault of gold, might even as easily defend the same against a thousand swords in midst of flame. To this the bargeman said, You sure may swear it. They must not be assailed with darts so fierce, For their soft breasts too tender are to bear it. 
Perhaps with coats of sounder proof such shot will pierce. And sure a pretty tale, if you would hear it, I could, saith he, to this effect rehearse, Of one who, though his wife had sore offended, By her in greater sin was apprehended. End of Book 43 Part 1